Turn with me in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. If you uh, haven't already, do two things for me. Put your phone on silence if you haven't done that now because I, I don't want God to give you a call while we're in here. And uh, if you also, if you have a Bible app uh, on your iPhone or Android device, you can uh, pull up all the sermon notes there and have that as well. Galatians chapter five, verse thirteen. While you're turning there, we've we've uh, we've hoped that you've enjoyed the the teaching series on Amazing Grace. And as we've been talking about how amazing God's grace is, how 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 He has saved us, how He has redeemed us, how He has freed us, how He has set us free. Man, can somebody? If God has just set you free from something, uh, can you just give God a shout and a praise right now? Come on! I mean, let me hear it. If Amen. Me too. I mean, yeah. If if you've been saved and delivered, and and God has brought you from a life maybe of some kind of abuse or an addiction or a habit, a destructive habit. I mean. Man, you should be singing and dancing in the streets. You should be letting people know how good God is to you. Amen? So every Sunday when we say God is good and all the time, yeah, I mean, it's not just some kind of mantra we do to get you hyped up and chanted. We, we want that to settle deep into your mind and deep into your heart so that when you are in the middle of the fight, Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there is a Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and, and so on, that you have some fuel for your soul. Amen? How silly would it be to get in your car this morning and the car is on empty and you know it's on empty, but you're like, I'm just going to start this car right out of faith anyways. It's going to start. God's going to say, I'm not going to start your car. You were too lazy to fill it up. Come on, somebody. God's word is fuel for our soul. So when we want to get places emotionally and spiritually, when we have battles that we have to fight, we need fuel for our soul. Now this week, Holly and I, along with our kids, we were on vacation, and we were we were not in God's country. We were in L.A., uh, but I was talking with somebody from L.A. today. So, but but we were in L.A. and and missing Texas desperately, especially the traffic. But but we uh, does anybody when they go on vacation, if you're brave enough, you, you'll raise your hand that that you vacation eat. Does anyone else vacation eat? Oh look at all the oh you guys are awesome. The truth tellers in here, I see you. We we vacationed eating. We were vacation eating. I don't know. I was looking for the right uh, <laughs> verb there or whatever, but we were vacation eating. We were, you know, you just, you throw out diet out the window. Now, normally I CrossFit throughout the week, but guess what? I CrossFit once. I don't work out once. I wouldn't watch people work out. That's what you do on vacation. You know, you go watch them work out. And I was tired just watching them, but, but I'm saying this to say that the fuel that I was putting in my body, like Kit Kats and, and Reese's pieces and Snickers and Chex Mix and sodas. And, uh, you know, I was like the inner fatty in me was coming out. I was like, he was like, feed me, you know? Yeah. So, so the hotel we stayed at, no kidding. The kids, obviously I loved it probably more than the kids, but, but they gave away free candy as much as you wanted, anytime you wanted. And out by the pool, they had this popsicle hotline. I kid you not, it was this red phone. You picked it up and you say, I want a popsicle. And they would come out and bring you a popsicle. And they had this ice cream machine, this free ice cream. I was like, told Holly, I was like, we may plant a church right here. I don't know if God's telling me, you know, but I was like, this is great. I mean, it's, it's suckering me right in. And so I've been vacation eating. And then when I woke up this morning, because we got back yesterday evening, when I woke up this morning and I tried to get back into my routine of like a protein shake and some fruit and, and juicing a little bit, my body was like, what is this? Stop. Stop. Where's the Reese's? 
Where's the Kit Kat? I mean, I was going to comatose. I was going into shock. You know, I was going to need a Kit Kat IV or something. Uh, I needed a break, you know. And, and, uh, but my body right now is, is finally catching up. But, but this morning, it hit me. I was like, man, I've been on vacation fuel. And vacation fuel is great on vacation, but I don't live my life on vacation. I live my life right here, amen? God's word is fuel for our body. And so what I put in is what comes out. So garbage in, garbage out. Amen. So look at your neighbor and say, get ready for some fuel. All right. Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 24. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love. What does it say? Say it out loud. Everybody say it out loud. One more time. It doesn't say this. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love you serve yourself. It says to serve one another. If you're sitting next to your spouse, you can say, there's the word of God right there. It just says it. You're supposed to serve me. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care lest you be consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of of the flesh for the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh for these are in opposition one to another can anybody living in real life say amen you know what i'm saying you know you, you some days you just you want to cuss and the holy spirit holy spirit saying don't do that and your flesh is saying or someone driving down the highway i saw this a lot in la Looking around, scanning, make sure no little kids are in here, you know. I was told I was number one. By the way, our rental car had Wyoming license plates, so no one, everyone hated me in Los Angeles because it looked like I was from Wyoming. And I was like, I'm not from Texas. Trust me, it's better. (laughs) For these are in opposition, verse 17. My flesh and my spirit are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. Verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And now the deeds of the flesh are evident. Basically, he's writing to the church in Galatia, and he's saying, listen, guys, the deeds of the flesh are pretty obvious. Look at your neighbor say, it's obvious. It's obvious. And what are the deeds of the flesh? Well, he wrote them down for us, so we're lucky. He says, they're evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger. Disputes, dissensions, and factions, envying, drunkenness. No, he's not done yet, so let's keep reading. Drunkenness, because you're like, oh, hopefully he doesn't mention mine. Carousing, being aroused about, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have before, that those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you practice these things, you don't make it to heaven, is what he's saying. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, mercy, and self-control, Right? Against such things there is no law. For those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. That's a lot to take in. (sighs) Okay. Sometimes it's good just to read God's word out loud. Amen? You ever want to know what God's voice sounds like? Read his word out loud. And here's God's word. Here's our fuel. Paul is writing to a church. He's talking about grace. We've been in the book of Galatians since for four weeks now. We've been talking about what God's grace looks like. How do we flesh this out? How do we live this out? It's simple. 
It's simple. It's simple. He tells us right here. If you practice these type of things, immorality and jealousy and hatred and lust and sensuality and backbiting, if you practice those things, you don't inherit the kingdom of God. He made it really, really simple, right? He, he took out all the guesswork. If there was any gray area in this message, in this, this scripture, it was taken right out. He made it very black and white. He just said, this is how it is. You know, you take it or leave it. And he was looking at the church saying, wait a minute. I see something among you that I shouldn't see. And some of you, remember last week we talked about behavior? I'm not throwing myself down again. But we talked about behavior. Those here last week remember that, that our behavior can lead to ungodliness. And he's saying, Endiness, drunkenness, carousing, and, and these things I forewarned you about. I'm telling you again that you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But if you're led by the Spirit, if you're led by Holy Spirit, then you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Meaning that, that if you have an issue with anger, I'll, I'll confess something this morning. I always believe in transparency, and I'm sure I make my wife and my mom very nervous when I do this. But, but I believe in transparency. I want you to know that your pastor is a man too. And so I struggle a lot of times with anger. It used to be before January of this year, I had a really, really short fuse. I mean, really short fuse. Um, if that's you, just say amen. Or were you? Okay, okay, awesome. We got a few truth tellers. All right. So, so my big thing was always anger. You know, I, I was never tripped up by other things, but for me, just I had a short fuse. And I don't know where it came from. I don't know where it started. The devil made me do it, right? Anybody else ever use that one, or is that just me? You know, hey, God, God, the dog ate my homework. You know, the devil made me do it. But in truth, it was me. And so, and so as I began to take these things to the Lord, I began to let him work on me. I began to notice that if I was led by the Spirit, I stopped fulfilling that thing in me. I stopped, in other words, I stopped feeding that thing in me. Right? So what you stop feeding has to die. If you stop feeding your spirit, man, it will die too. If you stop feeding your flesh, guess what, church? It will die. In fact, we're, we're told in the New Testament in a, in a symbolism way that we're to crucify our flesh, right? God has not called us to go hang on a cross somewhere. Jesus did that for us, amen? We don't have to do that. Someone else already did that for us. But God is calling you, sir, you dad, you mom, all of us, to lay our flesh before him and saying, God, there is something in me that wants to do this bad thing, that wants to behave this way, but I know that you're calling me in a different direction. And so what we do often as believers, we act like it's not real. We ignore it. We'll push it to the side and say, man, if I don't look at it, if I don't talk about it, if I don't even confess it or tell anybody about it, it'll just slide away. And, 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 and that's the biggest lie from the enemy, amen? But what if we were to start dealing and confronting with some of the junk in our life? What would it look like? What would it look like if you're like me and you have a short temper and say, God, I, I'm laying this before you today. On this Sunday, I bring it to this altar and I lay it before you. I'm tired of being this person. I no longer want to be this person. Give me the fuel to fight it that I need to fight it. God's amazing grace. And then guess what happens, church? His grace comes upon you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to me. His grace comes upon you so that you can live out the life that you are destined to live. 
the life of freedom and of joy that, that you don't have to worry about those things if you're going to trip and fall again, if you're going to fall into sin, are you going to do this thing again? Listen, God's got grace for us, amen? He's got grace for us. It's there if we want it. If we just ask, God has grace for us. Can you give God a praise today? He's got grace for us. It never runs out, amen? And no matter how many times we fall or we slip or however we categorize our sin and what we do, God says, I've got enough grace for you. I've covered it over and over and over again. I've covered them in the Old Testament. I've covered them in the... I've got grace for you, for everybody. I've got grace for you. God's grace is amazing and it's beautiful and he's got grace for us. Somebody say grace is the place. This grace is a place. If you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down. I hope that you are. I cannot give what I do not have. I cannot give what I do not have. You cannot give what you do not have. You can't give it. I can't give away money that I don't have. Right? If I see someone... Here, here let me go back to what I was talking about earlier. If I'm so leveraged with the world... And then I hear Holy Spirit as I'm driving down the road to stop and give money to someone I see on the street or what, whatever it looks like. You know, pay, you're going through the drive-thru line at Chick-fil-A or Starbucks. And Holy Spirit says, pay for the order behind you. And then it, remember last, I think in December, we did the whole pay it for thing. I did that a couple of times. I was like, God, please don't let it be ordering for the whole office. You know, I mean, <laughs> like here, I want to pay for their order. How much? But in faith, right? <laughs> but... But let's say you're doing that. If you're leveraged with the world and he says, hey, I need you to give to this person. Pay for them and behind and just tell the person at the window when they drive up that, that God is in love with them, that Jesus died for them. Whatever you want to say. But you get there and you're like, I can't do it. I'm so, I'm so deep in credit card debt. I, I, can't, I can't help anybody. Can you help myself? Come on, somebody. You can't give what you don't have. You can't. And we get frustrated and angry with God because we want to give something that we don't have. Now, with God, all things are given freely to us. All things. Salvation is free. Grace is free. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is free. The gifts of the Spirit, they're free. Anybody can have them. He doesn't say you have to be white. He doesn't say you have to be black. You have to be brown. You have to be yellow. You have to be red. You have to be born on this side of the track or this side of the track. Or you have to make this kind of money or this kind of money. He says it's for everybody. Look at your neighbor and say it's for everybody. Everybody gets it for free. But our job is we have to say, God, can you give me what you want to give me? Here's the thing, church. We can't get out of our own way for God to give us what he wants to give us. We can't. We struggle with getting out of our own way for God to give us what he wants to give us. And we say things like this. I'll never be good enough for God. God, I, I have done, I've done too much wrong. I've, I've sinned too much. I, I, can't, I can't be good enough for you. I can't ever be used by you. God, I can't serve in kids' church or youth ministry. or I can't serve serve a, a single mom. I can't serve a widow. I can't, I can't help out in all the ministries we have here. I can't do any of that. I can't serve at the front door. God, I, I've done too much wrong. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm getting out of my way. Yeah, look at your other neighbor and say, get out of your own way. And, and often it's not the devil that is keeping God from blessing us from, from opening doors. 
we're, we're the one that's locking him out. It's us. Let's be honest today, church. Come on. Let's be transparent. Let's not lie to him. It's not like he doesn't know anyway. So let's just tell him the truth he already knows. That often we get in our own way and God is saying, I am trying to help you. I am trying to bless you. I am trying to give to you. You think I'm trying to give to the person next to you, and I can. God's a great multitasker, but maybe he's staring you right in the face, sir or ma'am, and he's saying, hey, do you hear Pastor Matt? I'm talking to you right now. I've been trying to give to you all week, but you keep pushing me away, and you keep shutting me out, and you keep turning me away, and I'm the one that's trying to help you. It's not the devil. Sometimes it's, it's just us. We need to get out of our way, but we cannot give what we do not have. And as much as this morning is about grace, as much as it is about, about God's amazing grace and what, he's, what he does for us, it's also as much about forgiveness. So, so we set you up this whole teaching series just to, to land here today, really. Because forgiveness is a big deal, amen? So you don't have to raise your hands here because we're just going to talk about the elephant in the room. We're going to have a big counseling session. I'll just do one big counseling session right now. We'll just, we'll just get this over. Nobody has to come to me throughout the week. We'll just knock it out right now. You don't have to raise your hand, though. You don't have to say amen. You don't have to look at your neighbor and say, hey, I think he's talking to you. None of that. Just process this internally. You know, just download what I'm throwing at you, and you just kind of like mm, let it churn and bother you the whole time I'm talking. So maybe you're here this morning, and you have some unforgiveness in your life. That's right. I said it. Unforgiveness. So my question is, what would it look like if God didn't forgive us? I mean, have you thought about, there's rocks there, who put those there? <laughs> have you thought about that for a moment? What would, it, what would life be like if God didn't forgive you? I mean, that's a scary world. That's a, that's a crazy reality that I don't know that I want to live in. When I think about who I am, the things that I've said, some of the things that I've done, to know that I would have to carry that the rest of my life? I don't know that I would ever have any joy. I don't know that I would ever have any peace. I don't know that I would ever experience any kind of abundant life. I don't know how it could help anyone, much less help myself. Are you with me today, church? It's a powerful thing to think, what if God didn't send Jesus? What if he decided, you know what? It's not worth it. Jesus, you just stay here, son. We're going to let them fight it out. and Whatever happens, happens. But, <laughs> don't you love, there's some big butts in the Bible, and this is a big one. You can laugh. It's okay. God's not going to get mad. He's not an angry God saying, they better not laugh in church, or I'm going to mark them down for it. Listen, there's some big butts in the Bible, and this is a big one. God could have done that, but, but, look, his neighbors say he didn't. He didn't, did he? No, no. What did he do? He sent Jesus. God says, I love you enough that I'm going to give you grace and I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to make it like it never happened. Come on, somebody. Think about who you used to be, where you used to be, who you used to be with, and what you used to do with them. And now Jesus comes along and he says, I'm going to do something and make it like it never, ever happened. Woo! Come on, somebody. 
I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just kind of reliving something in my head. I'm kind of getting excited because now all of a sudden when Jesus hung on a cross, he says, what I'm going to do, it's going to be like in the eyes of God as if it never happened. And so he says, I'm going to forgive you as far as the east is from the west. There's a north pole and there's a south pole. There is no east pole and there is no west pole. Come on, somebody. Because Jesus says, if you go east, you keep going east. And if you go west, you keep going west. Meaning that your sins never circle around to find you again. But God says, I redeemed you. I forgave you. Give God a praise. To know, to know that we're forgiven, to know that we're forgiven, to know that we're forgiven is a beautiful thing, but, but on the flip side of that church is now it's our turn to forgive. And if we're real truthful and honest with each other, and listen, make sure your partner or whoever you're next to, your husband, your wife, your friend is awake because I don't want them to miss this. So they don't leave today and say, oh, I totally missed that. What? We got on the podcast. You can listen to it later. So. So here's the thing. It's our turn to forgive. Remember I told you earlier, you can't give what you don't have. You can't. If I never receive forgiveness, I'll never be able to forgive someone. I just won't. Husbands and wives, if you've even talked about divorce, if you've even talked about separating, if you've even talked about throwing in the towel, can I tell you right? Can I tell you right now, if it's not right here, if I don't get it right with God, it won't be right here. Does that make sense? If this relationship is off, all of these relationships are off. Because I can't give what I don't have. My spouse wants this unconditional love. If I don't receive that, I can't give it. If I can't even get down loving God correctly, how in the world am I going to love someone who's so flawed correctly? And I'm not talking about you, Holly. I'm talking about somebody else. <laughs> Amen? So I can't give what I don't have. If you're in here today and you're struggling your marriage, can I just tell you, if you're struggling to give something, can I just throw this out there and you digest it today and maybe process it that maybe you're trying to give something that you've never received? So when we come to Jesus, whether it was an altar or a camp or you're in your car or wherever you declared Jesus Christ as Lord of your life and you con confessed your sins to him, what we did as Christianese call being saved, when, 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 when you were made that declaration publicly, where, wherever, wherever that happened, you know, you tell people you got saved, you know, however that moment happened, the Bible says that we're saved. Now, guess what we're supposed to do? Jesus didn't just leave it there. He put a, he backed every one of us into a corner. That's what Jesus did. He says, I love you enough. I'm going to back you into a corner. That's what he did. And one of, we're not going to read it, but one of the conversations that Jesus had with Peter, Peter said, you know, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother? And he says, maybe seven times. And Jesus says, no, 70 times seven. And Jesus wasn't saying, if you just do it that many times that, no, no, no. He was saying, you got to keep forgiving somebody. Now, the truth teller is in here this morning. Have you ever noticed you forgive somebody, but then you, the next day you got to forgive them again? And then maybe two days later, you got to forgive them again. Come on, somebody. And then, and then a, a month goes by and you got to forgive them. And then a year goes by, you're in a conversation and you just hear someone with that same name mentioned. And not even that person, but then all of a sudden, all these memories start coming back. And you remembered why you hated them. And you're like, man, I gotta forgive them again, you know? And you just keep forgiving them. Come on, somebody. It's as if God keeps forgiving you. 
Amen? And we keep forgiving, and we keep forgiving. But, but the world says, I'll forgive you, but I, but I won't forget. Really? Is that really what you're going to say to God? Now, I know you're not saying it to God. You're saying it about someone else. But when we talk about someone else, we're talking to him. Because Jesus says, if you feed someone, it's like you fed me. If you clothe someone, it's as if you clothed me. So we're his creation, we're, we're his sons and his daughters, so when we talk to someone we're, it's as if we're talking to him, that'll change your conversations, won't it? And I'm giving you all kinds of, messing your whole day up right now. You're like, we're just going to go in isolation today, we're not going to talk, we're not going to breathe, we're just going <laughs> to... So listen, here's the thing though, church, we've got to start giving out some forgiveness. We've got to start forgiving some people. We've got to start forgiving people. And if I'm honest with you, it's hard, isn't it? Especially someone who's hurt you. Someone who's not just behind your back, must come to your face. You know, as a pastor, I receive a lot of underhanded comments all the time. And sometimes I'm like, God, uh, is this really your creation? Because I want to love them, but you're making it awful hard on me, God. Is this a test? Come on, somebody. I'm not talking about anybody in here. (laughs) But there's been people in my life that have hurt me deeply, very deeply. But it's a beautiful thing when you land your life on the runway of forgiveness. And there's so much freedom from that. And all those things that the devil would tie you down with and, 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 and chain you down and keep you, you know, you have some joy, but it's not real joy. You have freedom, but it's not real freedom. I promised myself I wouldn't cry. Just kidding. It, you find it. You find it. And then once, once I find real forgiveness, once I really, truly start forgiving people, I find that the joy that was destined for me all along was there all along. Amen. And you're no longer bound by anything. Here's the beauty of forgiveness, Crossroads family. You can forgive someone and they can go and stew the rest of their life in unforgiveness. You're free from it. You're looking across the river and saying, whoa, is that really what I look like? Come on, somebody. Well, you know, when you get free, you're looking at through a different lens and you look across it. Ooh, ouch. They got unforgiveness. That's awful ugly. Is that what I look like? And you're like, God's like, yes, it's exactly what you look like. It's bad. And you're my son and my daughter, but that was bad. We've got, we've got to start giving what we have. We've got to start giving what we have. All right, I'm going to skip down to John chapter 8, verse 1 through 11. I'm going to ask the band to get ready to join me up here. John chapter 8, verse, verse 8, 1 through 11. And, and the scripture reads, if you have a Bible, please, I'm going to give you a second to turn there. A bunch of us are probably familiar with this story, but I want you to know the address of this story, okay? John chapter 8, verse 1 through 11. If you have your Bible app, use it on your phone. John chapter 8, verse 1 through 11. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible version. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people were coming to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. And the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious, quote-unquote, brought a woman caught. Everybody say caught. Caught in adultery and having set her in the midst. Now, for all the adults in the room, she was caught in the act. They brought her to him as she was caught. Think about that for a second. As if it wasn't embarrassing enough to be caught in adultery, 
It caught you red-handed. Amen? Caught you just like you were and brought you before him. Verse 4, and they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. And now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. And, and, and then what do you say? And verse 6, and they were saying this, testing him, as if you're going to give Jesus a test. How moronic is that? In order that they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down, and with his finger, he wrote the first text or tweet, whatever it was. He wrote it to her on the ground. He says, but when they persisted in asking him, he straightened up and he said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Snap. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And when they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones. And when he was left alone with the woman, there they were in the midst, straightening up. Jesus said to her, woman, where are they now? Where are your accusers? Did anyone condemn you? And she said, no. He says, neither do I condemn you. Go your way from now on and sin no more. Go your way and sin no more. I forgive you, but go your way and sin no more. It's important that it's important that we forgive others. But let me speak to this in the room today. As I hold this stone. All right. We're to forgive others, but we're also supposed to forgive God. Now your your theology right now in you is like, what in the world? So sometimes in life we become really, really cynical, really, really jaded really, really hurt by God because we felt like there's certain things that he was supposed to do at a certain time. And when he doesn't do them in our time and our way, if we're just honest with our each other, with each other, oftentimes we start hating God. We get frustrated with God. And I got to say that was part of my life for a long time. Like I had resentment towards God for certain things. I just did. I still preached with resentment. I still was married with resentment. We had kids with resentment. Resentment was my passenger in life. And little by little, it would take from me and take from me and take from me and take from me until I had very little left to give. So today we're going to do something special. Today we're going to do something very, very special. As we sing and as we play, as you are led to, we have enough rocks for everybody. And there are Sharpies up here. What I'm going to ask you to do, you can return to your seat once you, if you come up, you decide to grab one. I want you to take that Sharpie, and you can write down any name. You can write down yourself. Maybe you need to forgive yourself. You've been so hard on yourself. I mean, you haven't, you're just, you're, you're, you are your own worst critic. Maybe if you want to write God's name on there, you can write God real big. You can write, this rock's kind of big, so if somebody's got a lot to forgive, you know, ask a lot of forgiveness, this might be your rock. And then we'll talk about what we're going to do with them later. We're going to throw them across the room. No, we're not. We're not. But just as they sing and as they play, if you feel like you are led to come grab one of these, you can, while you're here, please don't take the Sharpie with you. So we have enough for everybody. Write something down. And if you want, you can kind of hide it and put it in your pocket if you're embarrassed, whatever you think. But, but they're here. You can write something down and go back and sit in your seat. And then we're going to, we're going to talk about later about these rocks. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 through 15. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins and women, it's, it's all inclusive, your Father will not forgive your sins. 
He's saying it's not enough just to receive it, but you better give it. You better give it away. If you got it, you better give it away. If you receive forgiveness, you better be ready to give it away. Because guess what? At some point, if you live long enough, someone's going to hurt you deeply. They're going to cut you hard and deep. And the wound will be big. And the enemy is going to come right behind it and start pouring salt all in it. And, and next thing you know, it gets infected. And then you're going down that whole road. And you don't want that. Here's what I want you to do today. I'm going to ask all of us to stand our feet as we close and as we wrap. You know, if you... If you wrote down a name or names on your rock, perhaps you're here today. You say, you know what, Pastor Matt? I need that whole bucket right there. Listen, hey, it's yours. We have plenty left over. Take it. I really mean that. If you think someone in your life would receive this message, direct them to the podcast and say, here, this will be explained at the end of the message. (laughs) But here's what we're going to do. We're just going to pray. I'm going to pray a prayer. You're welcome to let me pray for you. But what is more significant, you don't have to pray out loud so the person on the other side of the auditorium hears you. God's not deaf. He can read our minds. We can whisper when we pray. We can be loud when we pray. As long as it's from our heart, it's all that matters, from deep in the soul. So I'm going to say a prayer. But I would encourage you in this moment to share that stuff with God anyways. He saw what you just did. He saw whose name or names or whatever you wrote on your rock. He sees it all. Tell him what he already knows. Say, God, here it is. I can't do this without you. You forgave me. Now it's my turn to forgive. Now, God, I just thank you for today. These are your people. This is your time. I don't own them. I don't own the time. I don't own the moment. I am just a steward right now. So, Lord, I know what I wrote on my rock. I don't know what anyone else wrote, but you do. You see right through all the faded lights, the darkness of the auditorium. You pierce right into the innermost parts of us. And I pray today, Holy Spirit, that you speak to our hearts and our souls and our minds. Perhaps there's someone here today who for whatever reason, didn't come forward and they felt like everything within them as if something was literally pulling them down here and they dug their heels in and they resisted. Lord, let them know today that that there's still a chance, that if there's someone they need to forgive, this rock is just a symbol. That's all it is. So we give it away. Lord, if I need to forgive someone, direct me in my life who I need to go to today. I don't want to let a moment go by As you direct me, I will be obedient in how to do it. Maybe it's writing a letter to them. Maybe it's an email, a text, a phone call, face-to-face lunch or dinner, whatever it looks like. However, it needs to happen. We say to that person, I need you to forgive me. Or I'm forgiving you. Or I forgive myself. Or God, I've had resentment towards you. And I'm saying I'm sorry for that. Whatever it looks like. I believe that we've prayed and we've done well in this moment. We give it all to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Can we just give God a praise for victory today in this place? Come on, somebody. If you've not only you found forgiveness, but you're ready to pass that forgiveness on. Now, listen, as we close, here's a beautiful thing. You know, we've heard the scripture, Romans 8, 28, that God works all things together for our good for those that love him and called according to his purpose. We've quoted that before. We've talked about that before. 
How amazing is it today, though, that in Scripture, the rock that they used to stone her with, God is saying, we're going to write some stuff down on it. Now, if I were you, you can do whatever you want with this. You can skip it across a lake and kiss it goodbye forever. You can throw it off a bridge. Don't throw it through a window or anything or at anybody. But, but the Scripture records that as they caught her in the act and they drug her out, probably in a state that is too embarrassing to talk in public, and they brought her out before a bunch of people and Jesus himself, and they had a bunch of stones that were just waiting for Jesus to say the wrong thing, as if Jesus would ever say the wrong thing. But they were waiting for him to mess up, and he didn't. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're cocked, they're loaded, they're ready to go. And Jesus says, man, I got him now. I got him right where I want him. And I wonder if Jesus baited them there. And he had him there when he says, all right, the perfect one needs to throw the stone first then. Basically, if you have no sin in your life, then go ahead and cast it. Throw it. I'll, I'll be right here. I'll watch you do it. And, of course, I think we talked about this last week. One of the most amazing sounds in the world is when that woman was there and one by one, she heard rocks hitting the ground. Probably as she was cowered down, waiting to be hit, thump, 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 rock after rock began to fall. And that's what God does in our life, church. The rocks, the walls, all that stuff begins to crumble and it begins to fall. When the beautiful things, yeah, give God a praise. As believers, we can hear. Is rocks hitting the ground. And today, I believe a lot of rocks have hit in the ground today. And we've agitated the enemy. We've made him mad because some of you are holding rocks. And today, today, you're dropping them. Today, you're taking them. You're saying, God, every rock, I pour it out. I'm laying it before you. I'm taking it. You can have it. I forgive you. I let you go. I forgive you. You've forgiven me, and I've forgiven you. Sing amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Hallelujah. Give God a praise today in this place, so we thank you for today. Hallelujah. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for freedom. Amen. And no stones. Amen. They're out of your hands. So what I want you to do today is you throw that into the water, you... If you want to use it as a paperweight to remind yourself of I will never be that person again, not only am I forgiven, but I've forgiven you. Anytime someone calls an offense, causes you to have an offense, you, you look at that rock and say, oh, I'm going to throw it at myself. No, no, no. Come on, somebody. Amen. You just pray. Holy Spirit will direct you what you're supposed to do with that. Maybe it's going to that person saying, look, this represented what I, what I had enmity towards you. But God showed me that he forgave me, and now I need to forgive you. Whatever, whatever he speaks in your heart, be obedient. Amen? Just be obedient.